The Denver Broncos lose Josie Jewell for the entire 2021 NFL season. Which players can be expected to take on the workload? Plus, we answer Broncos country's questions in a mailbag episode on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we covered the Denver Broncos for nine news and the Lockdown NFL Network. You can get this podcast free and available everywhere. You get your audio podcast, not to mention in video format here on YouTube. So make sure you do us a favor, hit that subscribe button. And also, if you'd be so inclined, our good friend Jose Segura left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts where he listens and just want to say thank you for your support, Broncos Country. Thank you, Jose, for your review. We'll give you a shout-out here on the air if you do that as well. But Broncos Country, a lot to digress with here today. The Broncos lose a key starter for the entire 2021 season. Sarah, we got the news, man. I tell you what, it was a bummer because initially we thought shoulder, unfortunately, yeah. ended up being a peck injury for Josie Jewell, a torn peck at that. He's done for the entire season. I suppose uh, we can accurately say Josie Jewell went out with a bang, you know, I mean, to kind of keep it a little bit light. I mean, it was a huge, huge hit he delivered on the Jacksonville Jaguars returner. But and he was like even excited after it. So it makes you wonder, like, did he like did he like really injure it when he was like flexing after? I mean, I don't know. It's it just stinks, man. You know me, Cody. I love my Hawkeyes and and my yeah. Hawkeyes are going down like they're getting shot out of the sky lately. Ojemudia. With his injury, Josie Jewell with his injury. So it's definitely a huge bummer. And and obviously I think that, you know, and we've talked about this in the past, but man, Josie Jewell, one of the more underrated players, in my opinion, on the Broncos roster in general, certainly on the defense. And like you and I talked about before the show, you you said, and, and so you know that this isn't coming from a position of Iowa Hawkeye bias here, but you said, Cody, the best linebacker on the team. So, and I, I agree with that wholeheartedly so it's it's a tough tough loss thankfully the Broncos have some guys that they can lean on you know moving forward yeah you know he emerged last season he surprised everybody last year he took such a major step forward in Vic Fangio's defense it was a a bummer obviously to lose him for the entire season he played great last year man he was off to a little bit of an electric start as well here in week two just a bummer that it ends you know, at a short period of time. But now we have to talk about the impact of this injury. Obviously, the Broncos losing their best linebacker on the roster due to this injury. So now Alexander Johnson, the expectations for him will increase. But in his place, you will see Justin Sternod get the start, get the reps. And Vic Fangio met with the media on Monday and said that there's some things Justin Sternod has to clean up, but he played fine for the most part. And that's just going to be the continued growth process for a young player. Now, probably at this point, Alexander Johnson is going to get that green sticker on his helmet to call plays. I wouldn't be surprised if it transitions, though, to you know a guy like Justin Sternot, who we saw in the NFL preseason, who started opposite Alexander Johnson in that game, have that green sticker. But, I mean, just the overall impact, not only that. So you look at it from a multitude of angles, Sarah. You lose Josie Jewell, you elevate one guy, and obviously for a guy like Sternati, he was playing on special teams. You cannot pull your starters now on special teams in that regard. When we're talking about punt and kick coverage, you can't do it. 
The Broncos, because they've struggled in that department and they needed guys, Josie Jewell played on punt. He made that big play, as you mentioned, and then he got hurt, which is unfortunate because usually your third and fourth and fifth spot on the depth chart for linebacker, those guys play those positions, not your starters. And I think that's where a lot of frustration creeps in. I know for me looking at it, if I was a coach, I'd be like, you know what? Probably wasn't the best decision to put him out there. And now you have to figure out how you're going to account, not just for him, but maybe two to three other spots in general at that position as special teams. Exactly. And it's especially frustrating, Cody, when you look at the fact that the Broncos actually made a trade. You traded draft assets, right, for a guy at Josie Jewell's position to do exactly that, to play special teams. You've also got Baron Browning, who's one of the most freakish athletes on the team who could definitely play special teams and has been playing special teams. And like you mentioned, you know, Cernod prior to this injury was strictly playing, not strictly, but mostly playing special teams. So definitely frustrating to see Josie Jewell out there at all. I, I, I kind of think that if, you know, Patrick Sertan had been out there on special teams, fans would be freaking out. If, if Bryce Callahan would have been out there on special teams, Fans would be freaking out. I would. You know, just, I would. I would do. Um, so why is it any – I mean, just because Josie Jewell is good at it doesn't justify it to me. Um, and obviously it's highlighted with the fact that now he's hurt, but he did make one of the best special teams plays the Broncos have had all year. So I guess – I mean, and, and I guess that's only two games, right? But, I mean, preseason included, this has been kind of a long, long issue for the Broncos. So it's definitely more frustrating, I think, considering the fact that the guys that they had – behind him on the depth chart already well you know and taking a look at what's next obviously we know that justin sternot will be the guy baron browning will be elevated a little bit more in his role may see a little bit more reps there at the linebacker position in different packages but i wonder what the broncos will do if they're going to elevate either curtis robinson undrafted rookie free agent out of stanford to the active roster or barrington wade who is obviously one of those veteran acquisitions that's on the practice squad i'd be really intrigued to see maybe they get both up but now you have to place josie jewel on injured reserve his season is done and just a big blow for the Broncos and Sarah, look, you know, you got a matchup coming against the New York Jets. You play the Baltimore Ravens and you play the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I don't know necessarily about the Jets matchup right now. Obviously, Zach Wilson's obviously a big electric quarterback that, you know, likes to put the ball in harm's way a lot. But you play some teams where they're going to run the football. They're going to try to, at least with Baltimore, and missing a guy like Josie Jewell, I think, you know, puts a little bit of a dampen on the expectations that maybe the Broncos have against the run. But then again, we don't know yet. It's just two weeks. This is, we haven't seen what the Broncos looked like just yet without Josie. So I'll save my thoughts and my reservations for that. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment, both Sarah and myself, we're going to answer Broncos country's questions that they sent in. And there were some angry Broncos fans and rightfully so about the special teams play. We answer that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. They're good friends over there at betonline.ag. And football season is back and better than ever. As we approach week three of NFL action, BetOnline has you covered for all the things that you need this football season. And it is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action with a new updated site and interface. You can get even more odds, props, and contest information at betonline.ag, the number one source for everything football when it comes to the betting world. So you can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus when you use promo code LOCKEDON. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up today. From football, basketball, boxing, even to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 NFL season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, Sarah, opening things up for our Broncos mailbag on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos, free and available everywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube. Make sure you hit subscribe if you have not done so already. Sarah, I love this because Broncos country gets to send their questions in, and it almost kind of turns into a vent session, I think. And, and we love to be able to share Broncos country thoughts here on the podcast as members of the media. I think it's super important that we interact, and I feel like that's something we do that not many people in this industry do, Sarah. So, Let's start things off here with Frankie Abbott 3. Uh, they said, in barring any injury or setback, it would appear that Teddy is playing himself into a solid, if not large, contract. Do you see Denver as the team willing to pay up to keep him around, even if it means possibly losing out on pieces like Cortland Sutton or Bradley Chubb? I'm going to let you take this one. Boy, that's tough. I mean, if we're talking about sacrificing those other pieces, that's that to me is something I don't think Teddy necessarily would be interested in doing, especially as it relates to Cortland Sutton. Um, Bradley Chubb, we're talking about a completely different story there entirely, I think. And, and obviously, you know, we can kick that can down the road to the end of the 2022 season. Don't really have to worry about Bradley Chubb's long-term status at this particular point in time. The Broncos still have his fifth-year contract option on his rookie deal. They also have the option to franchise tag him after that. So right now, obviously not looking great for him getting an extension. But as it relates to Teddy Bridgewater, I say absolutely. You know, the Broncos are a team that should be willing to pay any player on their roster that does a good enough job to warrant another contract. I don't think they should necessarily just say, all right, well, this is one year for Teddy Bridgewater and we're going to call it what it is. You know, it's one year and that's it. So if Teddy Bridgewater does come out and play really well, I think that there's definitely an, an opportunity for the Broncos to to fire something up, to do something they maybe didn't expect to do and give him an extension to sign him for a couple more years or you know, the franchise tag, again, remains uh, uh, something that's in play. Of course, you want to have that in play also for guys like Cortland Sutton, other players on the roster that are coming up on expiring contracts. But at the same time, if Teddy Bridgewater plays his way into that deal, you have to prioritize the quarterback position. I mean, that's the most important position in sports. And if you find a guy right now, he's on pace for those 34 touchdowns. We talked about last week when somebody asked about what does he have to do to play his way into that second contract? He's still on pace for those 34 TDs. So at this particular point in time, if Bridgewater continues to play the way that he does, I say, yeah, you definitely, definitely have to consider giving him a second contract. And and Cody, I, I think that that's kind of a no-brainer for the Broncos, don't you? Well, you know, I think a lot of it depends, right? You know, I think it depends on situation. I think that for what Teddy has to offer for the Broncos, we've seen it, the veteran leadership, and so far, very efficient play. I mean, for a guy who's standing in a pocket when there's chaos flying at him, people sending four or five man blitzes. He's maneuvering, stepping up and throwing. He's looking off the safety. I can't wait to talk with Tim Jenkins tomorrow about what he saw from Teddy Bridgewater in this game. But there were there was one play. He looked to the left side. He looked to the middle of the field. He looked left again, and then he threw it right to look off the safety on a deep play to Cortland Sutton. I mean, stuff like that. We haven't seen that from a Broncos quarterback in quite some time. I mean, going back to Peyton Manning in 2013. And not to mention Teddy Bridgewater right now, he is off to a very hot start, and he's the second most efficient quarterback in the NFL when it comes to overall passer rating. Baker Mayfield has more production, but Baker Mayfield's also thrown more interceptions. Teddy Bridgewater is at zero, so 125.6 QB rating here for Teddy Bridgewater and it's efficient football. I mean, the fact that he's he had 34 attempts, he completed 26 of them in action against the Jaguars, against a you know a defense that was going a little bit more cover one, cover three, mixing it up a little bit. I, I've been very impressed by Teddy, and I think if he continues his pace, 
you have to really look at the possibility. Maybe Teddy's time here in Denver is going to be sort of that rejuvenation that we saw Ryan Tannehill find in Tennessee. I know I talked about it last week, but so far the, the vibe kind of remains the same here. So uh, I like it. I do agree with that. But, you know, I don't even think at this point, too, the Broncos do have the second most cap space available in the NFL, not to mention with mm-hmm. the upcoming salary cap increase. They're not going to have to worry. It's not going to have to be, you know, in spite of one other player. I think that Denver's going to take care of uh, Teddy if he continues to play well. Cortland's obviously going to get an extension. I think it could be in season. I think Von Miller will get an extension as well. And, you know, maybe Kareem Jackson, but it's not in spite of anybody. You don't have to sacrifice anybody. As we've seen with the Kansas City Chiefs, you can find ways to maneuver around the salary cap a little bit. You can. You can. Absolutely. Well, another question about the offense, Cody, that we got from Ricky at Ricky Rich 2005. He says, hearing a lot about a lot of talk about Reisner, meaning Dalton Reisner, not being a good scheme fit. Do you think the Broncos make an O-line change? And if so, who do you think replaces him? You know, it's really hard to say right now, Sarah. I think that has been something I've seen so far on Twitter from Broncos fans. A lot of people said, oh, Dalton Reiser is not playing up to the standard. I won't know that until I get the All-22 from this Jacksonville game. But I did see a couple of clips where there were guys that were getting inside shade of him. That was a little bit of an issue last year. And I think a lot of us had worried that it was a combination of having Lloyd Cushenberry at center. Cushenberry's actually looked pretty well at the center position. I've been a little worried about the interior penetration by the guards. Now, a lot of it depends on the front, right? So when we're seeing a game broadcast live or we're seeing a broadcast replay, it's really hard to see where somebody is at fault. I think that's really where the All-22 comes into play. So NFL, please give that back to us so we can kind of have a more educated view that we can give to our viewers outside of just the game broadcast. Because, Sarah, I've said it best on Twitter. When we're watching the game live, you know, you're getting that instant, immediate reaction. But the reality is the film will tell you exactly mm-hmm. what happened. We haven't been able to get that outside of some bootlegs, thankfully, to uh, some people around the NFL world that have provided us with that film. But, uh, no, I don't I don't know yet. I don't think I have uh, enough data, enough information to clearly to say that Dalton Reisner is probably one of the weaker links on the Broncos offensive line. I, I don't know yet. I, I haven't seen the tape. Yeah, it's tough to say exactly like you said, you know. And, and I think there's definitely something to be said, however, about frustrations building up about the interior offensive line, maybe not getting necessarily the push that they should be, right? And I think – Coach Vic Fangio clarified things for me, I know, in a big way, because this was a major concern of mine. We talked about it right after the game on our post-game podcast, but uh, Vic Fangio said that teams have kind of been throwing everything that they can at the Denver Broncos, specifically against the run, to try to stop that area. And, And obviously, Teddy Bridgewater has had success in lieu of that. You know, he's been able to throw the ball extremely well as teams are selling out against the run, but... That's that to me is probably the more key issue here than just interior linemen not being scheme fit or what have you. I think Dalton Reisner coming out of Kansas State to me, he he really looked more like a scheme versatile type of player. Obviously, very powerful guy, not necessarily the best mover out there compared to some of the other athletes we see coming out these days. But at the same time, a very, very good all around athlete and a player who came from the tackle position to play guard in the NFL certainly certainly hasn't been perfect from him or anybody else and he would he would even say that i'm sure but yeah there's things that i think that he he does extremely well that he brings to the team he's getting better he's still a young player people forget that i mean dalton reisner still a young player feels like they the broncos drafted a veteran offensive lineman and that's because that's been the expectations put on him but uh, still a young player still plenty of time to progress he's got a great coach i have confidence in him yeah, I mean, I do too. And I, like I said, I don't think we have enough data, like, you know, where there, it looks like there could be a leak through or a run by 
he may not even be designed to block that guy. I mean, that depends on the blocking scheme. And obviously, uh, you know, Coach Munchak and Chris Cooper have more data on that than we do. So as Vic Fangio said, teams are taking extreme measures. I like that term. And Vic always has these sound bites, man, that, that cracked me up. But, Sarah, I'm going to throw you a question here from Greg Hunt. He says, breakdown of the run game. Is it missed assignments or is it just getting pushed around? Williams seems to be a better fit for the Broncos in his opinion. And I think this really kind of goes back, kind of piggyback off of what we just talked about with the offensive line and what Vic Fangio had said about teams trying to go to extreme measures. I think that what's impressive to me is the fact that the Broncos, I mean, they've been dared by opposing defenses to throw the football and Teddy has hurt them. How long before teams adjust and say, okay, Teddy can hurt us through the air. We have to be able to protect against that, but we also have to protect against the run. You can never have one or the other. You're going to have to find a little bit of balance. And that's where the Broncos can really get the run game going because, Sarah, as we saw, the Broncos were in a lot of 13 personnel against the Jaguars on Sunday. What are your thoughts on this? You know, I think that they're definitely showing more of a willingness. One of the benefits, I think, from this, Cody, and again, we haven't seen the All-22 to know exactly if there's major breakdowns in communication on the offensive line, if guys are just getting their doors blown off by defensive linemen. But one of the things that I think has really opened up for Pat Shermer, in in light of the running game not necessarily gaining seven yards a carry, right, is the fact that Teddy Bridgewater really started attacking the ball downfield a lot more in this in this game against the Jaguars. And I think the Broncos are showing, hey, you want to sell out against the run on, on our offense? We're going to throw the ball downfield, and we're going to do it at a high rate. I, I just saw a stat, Cody, on Twitter that – you know, Teddy Bridgewater leads the NFL in passes with 20 or more air yards. So it's only two games, of course, but I think that Pat Shermer has shown a willingness that he's, hey, we're going to attack the ball downfield. You want to sell out and stop the run. We're going to throw the ball downfield. we got plenty of weapons that can do this, um, and we've got a quarterback that is willing, you know, to, to take those shots. Teddy doesn't take shots downfield, though, Sarah. I mean, I, I right. can't believe Somebody had tweeted, responded to one of my tweets on that in, in Sunday's game. I literally just took a screenshot, 55-yard pass. You want to know what the next highest pass was in the NFL was on Sunday? Derek Carr, 61 yards to Henry Ruggs. So if you're telling me a guy like Derek Carr can throw a 61 and Teddy throws at 55, that Teddy can't test the ball downfield, let's just stop with these pick-and-choose little apple tree narratives that people have put out there. Because clearly what Teddy has put on tape so far through two weeks demonstrates otherwise. But then again, Nobody wants to talk about that, Sarah. So I do agree with you there, my friend. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. Sarah and I, we're going to answer the rest of your mailbag questions coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the two other sponsors. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, our good friends over there, rockauto.com and DirectTV Stream. Now with rockauto.com, if you need anything for your vehicle, rockauto.com has everything. I've personally used rockauto.com three or four times. I've bought a brand new steering wheel cover. I've bought a brand new sun blocker, sun shield for my vehicle to keep the UV rays out from it, you know, getting into my car, it feels like a sauna every time if I don't have that put up. But when I get in my car now, it's nice and cool. It's not as hot. It's not 120 degrees, which I'm thankful for because obviously you start sweating instantly. That's one thing I appreciate about rockauto.com. But not only that, but they're a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years, Sarah. 20 years of amazing and reliable service. Anytime I've had a question or if there was a delay in my order, they would notify me and they would get in touch with me quickly to let me know. And that's what I appreciate is that communication piece there from rockauto.com, not to mention the prices there are always reliably low, whether you're a professional or do it yourself or not to mention, Sarah, their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to use. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck by looking at year, make, model, even brand specifications, and even the prices that you prefer, rockauto.com. And Broncos country, I want you to go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car 
car or truck, whether you have something in the garage or you're working on a restoration project, or if there's something you need for your vehicle, they have you covered. And right, Lockdown Broncos in there. How did you hear about his box so that they know that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and our good friends over there direct tv stream ladies and gentlemen you can cut the cord today with direct tv stream it's always been a hassle having to find all these different logins you know for example if you share a login with one of your friends for one of your sports things you want to watch tv shows on one thing or if you want to watch movies or on demand stuff there's a lot of clutter these days but direct tv stream helps take the hassle away and direct tv stream brings you live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before which means that you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Once again, that's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, Sarah, continuing on with today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. We had just finished off with a question from Greg Hunt on the Broncos run game. Let's open things up now to Morgan Writes It, who asked the question, given the prolonged struggles on special teams, would firing Tom McMahon be enough to right the ship? What other changes, additions could be deployed to help shore up that unit? I think this is a great question, by the way. That is a great question. You know, I think a lot of times in the NFL, you'll see, and I don't know if there's not like an official statistic about this, right? But anytime you see like a in-season firing for certain teams, right? Then all of a sudden that team comes out and has a huge week in whatever area that coach, you know, was previously in charge of. And I've seen that enough times to think, you know, like last year, for example, Adam Gase gets fired. Okay, well, what's the next thing that happens? The Jets offense all of a sudden has a great game or what, you know, something like that, that type of thing. So I think that's kind of what, what people might think would happen if you fire Tom McMahon, all of a sudden somebody else is calling the shots and you're going to have way better success. The reality is that these guys still have to go out there and make plays, regardless of who is calling the shots. I don't know how special teams coordinators necessarily call plays, but against the Jacksonville Jaguars, like we saw the Broncos deliberately kicking the ball, you know, off the in the kickoff department. They were kicking it in such a way that they wanted the Jaguars' return man to take it out. And, and give their guys an opportunity to make a tackle. Now, some other coordinator might come in and say, kick it out of the back of the end zone. You know, none of us are any the wiser. We don't see any return touchdowns that way, right, You'd, if you kick it out of the end zone. So I think that's one t- tangible thing, potentially, is somebody else calling the plays and, and calling maybe smarter, wiser plays based on the way that your personnel is playing. I think another thing that the Broncos could definitely do is, you, like you, you mentioned with a couple of linebackers, maybe call a couple of different guys up off the practice squad for a game and see if somebody can't come in and make a play. We saw Savion Smith make a huge play in the preseason on special teams. You know, we we need guys like Barrington Wade, Curtis Robinson. They have to cut their teeth on special teams. So you like you said, too, you don't want those starters out there playing snaps. So you've got to figure out any way that you can to make sure that, that your special teams is covered personnel-wise and get players out there that are, are not only hungry to make plays, but they're athletic, they're they're physical, they're aggressive. And, you know, I hate to say they don't have anything to lose, but at the same time, that's kind of the way that it is, right? So I don't know. Those are kind of my ideas. Maybe switch it up with the personnel, switch up the decision maker a little bit, and you might see some improvement. Yeah, you know, and I always think about it too. I feel like special teams coordinator is such a unique position because if you get rid of that person, you know, your personnel doesn't necessarily change for the most part as it would if you're a defensive play caller. But I do think that the Broncos issue kicking to the middle of the field and forcing a return to the middle is bad news. I can just tell you that because of the fact Mm -hmm. That when you have a con- uh, your coverage guys condensed into the middle of the field where the returner is, you're leaving open the right side and the left side for some of these cutback lanes. And 
I don't know. I, I'm just not, you know, kick it out of the end zone if you can. I mean, at that point, I can understand that maybe he was looking at it as, okay, well, we have the lead here. I want to see if our guys can tackle. Well, guess what? They didn't tackle. And it, it reflects on you as a special teams coordinator. So I don't know. Even if you make a change, you know, a lot's going to have to change with the process for special teams. So that's obviously, you know, some great insight there. And I also think, too, this is a great one, Sarah, and I'll have you answer this one. This comes in from Elsa the Lion 13. She asked the question, how will the crowd noise be both beneficial and detrimental to players and coaches mm. on Sunday? Mile high thunder, baby, is what she says. Uh, I can't wait to see it. You know, I just I know that it's going to be absolutely electric in that stadium. The Broncos fans have been waiting a long time to get back in there for a regular season game. And it was loud enough in the preseason. Right. I mean, we saw a number of players make comments about just the atmosphere during that preseason game. And everybody's like, oh, man, just wait, wait for that regular season game. Wait for that regular season atmosphere. And now, not only do you have the regular season atmosphere, you bring him back a 2-0 team to the home crowd. So I, I just think it's going to be absolutely the, – the, the only negative that I could see from it, Cody, is maybe it, it causing such an adrenaline rush for some of these guys that, man, it just causes them to overthink something or, or maybe just not think about something enough. You know, they just get such an adrenaline rush that they just start going based purely off instinct and – and um, that doesn't always work out. So it could just be one of those types of things. If the, if obviously if the crowd is too loud when the offense has the ball, that can be a problem. We know that from Derek Carr talking about that on Monday Night Football. Peyton Manning that fired up Peyton Manning too, man. Yeah. I love that. He's like, are you? He's like, you're on offense. They gotta hear. You guys need to keep it down. I loved it. It was so good. It was so good. So, but definitely, man, more beneficial than anything else. I mean, that defense. The, the the I can't wait for the incomplete you know chant. I can't wait for the the sound of the horse you know the horse noise coming out of the loudspeaker when the defense makes a big play. I can't wait for just the way the crowd is going to react for the first touchdown in the regular season since you know since the pandemic and and everything shut down fans at the stadium. So it's gonna be it's gonna be electric, man. It's gonna. I'm excited to see what it is. You know, a few of our remaining questions here on uh, Broncos Mailbag have relation to Josie Jewell. Some of them we've already answered. Uh, Matt Nagashima mm -hmm. says, who's set to take over as a defensive signal caller with Josie? I mean, could be Alexander Johnson, could be Justin Sternod at this point in time. We'll just have to wait and see. No official announcement there. Uh, another one, too, on Josie. I'll address this so we can get through all the questions here. Mm -hmm. uh, with Josie out for some time, who needs to step up other than Sternod? I mean, we talked about Brandon Browning. We talked about maybe Curtis Robinson, maybe even Barrington Wade there. And he says, I think that Caden Stearns does. He, I thought he did well at, at Dimebacker, and Vic Fangio said that he had played fine, too. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have options there, I think, if you're Vic Fangio. So in terms of Josie Jewell, obviously the impact of losing him was huge. It looms a little bit large, and now your depth is tested, but depth is the greatest strength right now of this football team outside of having, a, I think, a pretty good leader in Teddy Bridgewater. I loved what he said, too, mm -hmm. in the Broncos mm -hmm. postgame locker room report. He said, don't be afraid of success. I mean, the way that he speaks to these guys, he has that belief. You can see guys' eyes get wide, and they have that belief in themselves. So I think that the Broncos are in a good position here, Sarah. But now we're going to end today's show here, I think, with a, a really important question here from Johnny Tex 3 He says, we have seen how this team can beat bad teams. However, how do you think our approach will change, if it even does, against our upcoming opponents, looking at weeks four through seven specifically, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, Las Vegas Raiders, and just the, the gamut that just keeps going on there. You're going to have to play the Philadelphia Eagles at some point, the Dallas Cowboys here in the first stretch. I mean, it is a long and brutal schedule here for the Broncos in terms of maybe some of the quality opponents that they're going to face. 
Definitely, Cody. I think the biggest adjustment that that they have to make, and I'll I'll defer to you on this as well to see what you think. But I'm I to me, it's small mistakes, those little things. Again, the death by inches thing keeps on coming up with Vic Fangio as the head coach, and and I know that it frustrates him as much as anybody. But man, ten penalties for over a hundred yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That it's not necessarily an approach. But, I mean, maybe for the players during the week, it is an approach. Maybe it's something that they change in their day-to-day. Maybe it's something they look at in the film room of, okay, we can't do this at this time, or we have to be tighter at this, or we have to be more in sync with this. Those type of things, the the penalties uh, that we saw against Jacksonville simply can't happen. And I think also, too, some missed opportunities for plays. And, And how do you respond to that? How do you come back from that? I think, obviously, those are the types of things that have to change against a team like Baltimore, which we saw, even with Kansas City, man, there's no room for error against a team like Baltimore or Kansas City because they have quarterbacks that can score just at will, it feels like. So, of course, your approach changes a little bit. Playing ball control against those teams is definitely something I think that we'll see continue. But, man, you got to clean up those little mistakes for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the room for error, I mean, it decreases a little bit more as you get further and further into the NFL season because, obviously, standings, which is crazy, the Raiders, Broncos, 2-0 in the AFC West, the Chiefs and Chargers, 1-1. One one. What a world we live in here. Two weeks into the NFL season, but obviously, week three, the Broncos have a chance to build on that a little bit. But, Sarah, obviously, great talking Broncos football with you here once again. Obviously, Broncos country, thank you so much for your mailbag questions that you sent in to us today just a reminder this podcast is available free and everywhere you get your podcast in audio format and on youtube and video format so if you have not yet subscribed to the show please do us a favor hit that subscribe button if you're on apple Podcasts, you're listening please leave us a review and if you love the show leave us a five-star review we'll give you a shout out here on the lockdown Broncos podcast but Broncos country thank you so much for tuning in today sarah and i we are back tomorrow to talk about all the latest news around Broncos country players have the day off and then they're back on the practice field on wednesday we have you covered with all that's going on around the National Football League and the Denver Broncos here on Locked On Broncos.